This is the news for the week beginning the 21st of August 2023. The labour market data released last Thursday was against the trend of the year to date with total employment dropping 0.1% and the total number of unemployed workers rising 7% month on month. The seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in Australia rose to 3.7% from 3.5%. The Internet Vacancy Index reported a 2.1% rise on job advertisements for July 2023 to stand at 283,600, only 7% off the IVI peak of 304,000 recorded in June last year. The Labor Hire Authority of Victoria commenced legal action in the Supreme Court against a Keysborough Labor Hire provider operating in the horticulture industry. The authority alleges Monorom Labor's Power Proprietary Limited, MLP, which provides workers to regions including the Yarra Valley and Kuirup in the state of Victoria, allegedly failed to notify the Labor Hire Licence Authority of multiple changes in company directors and secretaries. The case also alleges that one director and secretary of the company was not a fit and proper person as defined by the Labor Hire Licensing Act, a breach carrying maximum penalties exceeding $600,000 for a company and $150,000 for an individual. MLP Director Saravong Tath was alleged to have been a director of two companies that were placed into administration within the preceding five years and therefore not a fit and proper person to be a director and secretary of a Labor Hire provider under the Act. MLP also allegedly made numerous changes in company directors and secretaries over a six-month period in 2022 without a notifying the authority. Seek's full-year results and current year forecast underwhelmed the market with their share price suffering. The headline results were revenue up 10% to $1.225 billion, EBITDA up 7% to $546 million and reported net profit after tax down 16% to $203 million. With the economy expected to continue to suffer the effects of interest rate rises, Seek Group CEO Ian Rev offered subdued 2024 guidance with revenue in the range of $1.18 to $1.26 billion, which is mostly lower than the 2023 figure, while forecasting EBITDA will remain at 2023 levels. Six shares had gained 22% since the beginning of the new financial year six weeks ago. However, half of that gain had been wiped out by the close of trading two days after the release of the 2023 results. Shortlist reported Sydney headquartered global tech recruiter and IT services company Talent recorded another record result in the financial year ending 30 June 2023 with EBITDA of $27.5 million on a gross profit of just north of $100 million. Revenue and Talent's core contracting business was up around 16% year on year while PERM placement income was down 25%. U.S. headquartered Robert Half reported second quarter revenue fell 11.7% year-over-year on an adjusted basis. Temporary staffing revenue fell 14%, while permanent placement revenue fell 25%. The company forecast a decline in year-on-year third quarter revenue of 16%. The wage price index rose 0.8% in the June quarter 2023 and 3.6% annually according to the seasonally adjusted data released on Tuesday by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. 
The latest data confirms workers, on average, continue to see a fall in real wages as the CPI rose 0.8% in the June 2023 quarter and 6% annually in the latest inflation data. Meanwhile, across the Tasman, median weekly earnings from wages and salaries rose 7.1% to 1,273 New Zealand dollars year over year in the quarter ended in June. It was the second largest annual increase since 1998. Last week, Austender announced additional suppliers to the Federal Government Labor Hire Panel, with Hudson Global Resources, Programmed Health and IPA among the higher-profile additions that total 36. The expanded panel currently has 84 suppliers for a contract period that expires 30 June 2027. Australia's healthcare worker shortage has again made its way to Federal Parliament with a committee investigating how to attract overseas doctors. The hearings are part of a parliamentary joint standing committee on migration investigation into the inflexibility, cost and complexity of the existing system. Healthcare in rural and remote communities was in sharp focus, with committee deputy chair and Victoria Nationals MP Anne Webster saying the lack of local GP graduates is creating havoc and leaving communities vulnerable. But while international medical graduates, IMGs, are often seen as a solution to workforce maldistribution, Rural Workforce Agency's Chair Peter Barnes told the committee overseas doctors often find the experience of applying for work in Australia to be awful. Rural Doctors Association of Australia President Dr Raymond Lewandowski was born in the United States and migrated in 2011, told the committee he has first-hand knowledge of navigating the visa system. But while he believes international graduates are critical to the current and future Australian workforce, Dr Lewandowski said there was a lack of support for both employers and employees. We have to have a premium package if we're going to attract premium doctors, he told the committee. Currently, more than half of Australian GPs are IMGs, making a critical portion of the nation's workforce population. And finally, next week, of course, is the event that the local recruitment industry has been looking forward to for quite some time. It's Shape Time. We have the RCSA's annual conference on Hamilton Island. The welcome drinks kick off next Tuesday evening. That's the 29th of August. Then we have a full conference day on the Wednesday and the Thursday. I have been to an RCSA conference at Hamilton Island previously, and it was very enjoyable. I mean, what's not to like about a Queensland island in September? So, Adele, what are you looking forward to in terms of uh, speaker content from the front of the room? Yeah, it's a really impressive list that they've released. And one of the ones that really stood out to me, Ross, was Dr. Catherine Ball, who is a scientific futurist. I love to hear what futurists have to say and the types of indicators that they base their predictions on. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Another one that stood out to me uh, was Robert Van Stockram, who's a former president of the RCSA. And he's going to share the story, I believe, about the sale of DFP, uh, a very successful privately owned recruitment business now owned um, by a major Japanese uh, firm. So that will be a really interesting story to hear the details of. Obviously, we know about the story, but to hear the details from him. And I think a crowd favourite is probably going to be Eddie Betts, I would say. What do you think, Russ? 
Well, I loved the sound of all of those. Um, not a big fan of the Carlton Football Club or the Adelaide Crows, but Eddie Betts, a uh, spectacular footballer and um, very uh, fascinating human being. So certainly uh, looking forward to hearing Eddie's story. Our long-term MC, Andrew Klein. We all love Koshy. Andrew Klein, looking forward to uh, the jokes that Andrew will make. Dr. Gemma King. Dr. King is a stress, sleep and recovery expert. Uh, I have had a significant boost in my energy since I've sorted out my sleep issues, so keen to hear what Dr. King has to say on that topic. Marissa Fong, uh, her and her business partner, Winnis Armour, uh, successfully established and built and sold Madison Recruitment in New Zealand, and I've always been fascinated by that story, so looking forward to hearing what Marissa has to share about that, and, you know, if we look a little bit um, deeper into the list, Sue Healy, love Sue, she's been around the recruitment industry a long time, very, very successful owner, and she's still at it, and um, loving uh, Sue's energy, so looking forward to what she's got to say. And of course, Simon Lusted, Seek, whatever Seek are prepared to share with the recruitment industry, I love. So Simon is the MD of strategy, product and AI. So who doesn't love a little bit of insight about strategy, product and AI? So looking forward to what Simon has to say. I know and you'll of course, be front row for that one, Ross, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Big hello to Con from Seek. And uh, Recruitment News Australia has some news. Adele, what's our news in terms yes. of the SHAPE conference? Well, we will be front seat, as I said. So uh, Ross and I will be attending the full event. We are recording our podcast from the event. So we will have our regular podcast released next Tuesday with our news and our question of the week. But we will also record two supplementary podcasts next week, one on Tuesday night released Wednesday, no, one no, recorded. No, 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 one on Wednesday. Wednesday night released Thursday, one on Thursday That's night right. released Friday, Adele. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead of myself. I you want are. to get up there and uh, get behind, get uh, get the cocktail slowing maybe. Um, yes, yeah, so two extra podcasts that we'll be recording, uh, which are summaries of the event. So we're going to talk about speaker content. We're going to talk about takeaways. We're going to give a summary of, uh, of the exhibition um, and the exhibitors there and the general vibe of the event. So for anybody that's not attending, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast to get a really good summary. Yes, so next week there will be three RNAs, uh, the normal episode, as Adele said, on Tuesday, and then extra episodes on Thursday morning and Friday morning. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. So, Adele, I'll see you at the airport next Tuesday. See you there. Question of the week this week, Adele. Are reference checks still a relevant part of the modern recruitment process? And let me tell you why I'm asking this question. I was fascinated to read on shortlist earlier this year an article that was headlined, In-house recruiters abandoning two slow reference checks. So let me just read to you uh, what Shortlist had reported, Adele, and I'm going to be fascinated with your comments. So firstly, reference checks are falling out of favour, according to talent acquisition leaders who say they slow down recruitment processes while not adding enough value to hiring decisions. We're losing candidates to our competitors, so we've stopped doing reference checks, said one delegate 
at a think tank event last week facilitated by talent table director Andrea Kirby. Even when automated by third-party software integrated with an ATS, the step takes too much extra time and effort relying on referees to enter information manually. TA leaders in attendance said. Further, there's the increasing problem of candidates getting a bit sneaky, one delegate said. We've seen a few dodgies in the people have just filled in the forms themselves online. Then we get an alert and they track the IP address to the candidate's own computer, she said. But I think that's one of the advantages of using software. You get the validation, then tell the hiring manager no. Adele, what do you think? Oh, gosh. Our uh, our fellow brothers and sisters in talent acquisition are really not helping themselves with this one. Um, really makes me laugh. I mean, that's our job. Part of the recruitment process involves uh, checking and verifying data about people before making a hiring decision. So the fact that some of them are openly admitting there that they are no longer doing reference checks checks baffles me and and talking about you know taking too long to collect the data or or getting dodgy data again as I said this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to verify that information from the candidate we're supposed to verify the information from the reference so you know here's a here's a brainwave you know contact your candidate and get the reference data directly from the candidate I know that there are tools out there that will do that for you but if it's taking too long then you need to keep the process moving so yeah That just baffles me, that one. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, listen to this. The article goes on. Another TA leader said that while her company still conducts checks, there was a time when a response reflected poorly on the candidate, yet the hiring manager still still chose to go ahead with the hire. The hiring manager was in love with the person, she said. They've looked up what's there. I assume that's what's been... Um, written in the reference check. They've rationalised it to themselves and they still wanted to go ahead with the offer. Uh, Again, Adele, what do you (laughs) think of that? (laughs) Yes, this is going to happen. We're humans. There's bias. We know this and people will use information to their advantage or disadvantage as appropriate. So, uh, yeah, look, referees, uh, you know, references, if done well, are going to give you or should give you as much sort of um, subjective data as you can. And yes, a hiring manager could rationalise out that data if they choose to, but it's not going to, um, you know, hide red flags. Huge red flags are going to stand out and that's what you're doing that for. So a few minor things that a hiring manager might say, look, I'm happy to overlook that or I'm happy to work with the person on that. That's human nature. I don't think that's a reason not to do the reference. I think I'd rather know going in, this person's going to need a little bit of assistance with their knowledge of picking up the computer system, let's say, or they're going to need a little bit more assistance with uh, dealing with difficult customer conversations, whatever it might be. So I'd rather hire someone knowing what I was inheriting um, rather than going in blind because we didn't do a reference check. But uh, I really do think it's an important part of the process. It is time consuming, but it is about verifying the information. Yeah, I've got to say I'm fascinated by bad like what's a bad reference check to me it's all contextual um who provided the reference what was their position how long did the candidate work for that person what questions were asked what probing was undertaken because unfortunately in my experience reference checks can be palmed off as an administrative task to a junior Mm. in a ta division and they're just simply going through a form 
they're not listening for what's being said, they're perhaps not taking into account the tone of the voice of the referee. Um, there are many things that you and I, as people who've been around the block for decades, would pick up in taking a reference check that someone that's new to the job that would not. So I do uh, take issue with bad, like what is a bad reference check? Um, is it actually a bad reference checker or a poorly trained one? Mm, agreed. Yeah, there's a bad reference and then there's a bad reference checker. I agree. But, you know, Ross, what's the alternative? I mean, if, if talent acquisition are saying we're doing away with them, we're not going to do reference checks anymore, they're, they're, they're you know, not valid, they're time consuming and, you know, people don't really use the data properly. What's the alternative? We don't do them at all. And then mm. you're making a decision to hire a person for what could be a very long time in your company based sometimes on one meeting if you're competing with your, you know with with the market you're trying to make a decision really quickly but you've only had one interview so what's the other solutions well and also the reality is that the best liars are generally the people who are very confident and charismatic at interview so those people are that way because in the past, they've left a trail, sorry, some people who are like that have left a trail of very disappointed employers in the past because they talk a big game, but they can't actually uh, deliver. And I've written a blog, well, actually a few blogs about uh, Jeff Flanagan or Andrew Flanagan and his uh, various misdeeds when he talked his way into many positions and was fired from all of them just as quickly. So I think it's a very, very big risk that employers are taking if they're stopping um, conducting reference checks altogether. Mm. I'd love to hear from anyone who is no longer doing reference checks or maybe has some sort of alternative verification process that they do. Um, Would love to hear about that out there in, in recruitment agency or any of our talent acquisition listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. Get in touch. We, we, we would be fascinated to hear if you're not doing reference checks anymore and what impact that's had and what alternatives you may be pursuing.